Welcome back to yet another edition of Standard Sports Talk, the only uh, Hill Country Sports Podcast hosted by the Fredericksburg Standard Radio Post. My name is Reed Graff. I'm your host, and we are back live in Harper, Texas for the second week in a row. Uh, wasn't something I planned doing weekly, but Coach Zinner, uh, I enjoyed chatting with you, and I'm glad that you enjoy this show, and uh, welcome back to the Standard Sports Talk Podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, a side note before we get in, if if uh, she would be listening, my my mother heard this and uh, she thought it was, it was a pretty cool deal and and shared it with a bunch of her her friends and colleagues and and I'm all about growing Harper Harper Sports so any way I can help out our community I'm I'm willing to. Well, and it, it's a great community and I have to say we, I got I got to go out and watch the Longhorns play in person really for the first time last week at DeHennis and what ended up being a huge win for y'all but. Uh, before we talk about that win, because I do want to talk about that a little bit before we dive into this matchup with the Yellow Jackets, but um, I thought y'all had a great environment, especially a road game down into Hennis, which is a tough place to play on a Saturday night. And their environment was great, but I thought y'all's matched it. I mean, the band was loud and the fans were in it, and you guys were able to get a win over a pretty big program. You know, what do you, what can you say about the fan support that they traveled all the way out there? That's not a short drive, I mean, an hour and a half, right? And, and yeah, showed out. Um, I, I, I was excited. I think. In, in many ways, for me, this is kind of a first. Um, uh, when I got hired, um, you know, you tell people the things you want to do and you want to change, and and you feel like you're you're expected to show them the change and give them the change. And then and then COVID hit, and a lot of things that I wanted to do within the program, uh, tying the community and the parents in with it, was was pretty much shut down. That that was taken from us. So um, we had a, a good year in athletics. We had good support. We had things kind of turning. And um, and then COVID, it's, it's just tough to bring up right now with where we are with COVID. But starting, it looked as if it were over, and so we kind of open up the doors back to doing these community events with with football moms and, and decal dads, and we did the midnight madness, and we got that involved. So I think there's a bunch of people waiting for winning to happen. I, I think they they expect it, and that's that's the pressure on me and my coaching staff to, hey, if we're gonna get all the support, we're gonna do all these things, and that that's got to, you know, equal or turn into wins. So, um, yeah, I think seeing our fans come out, um, that's Saturday night in Dehanis, Texas. I would, I would almost say we had as many fans as they did. I don't, I'm not quite sure of the numbers, but, um, our band, they're good. They're supportive and, and don't get it wrong. People come out just to watch the band as well. And I'm okay with that. As many people as we can get in there supporting Harper youth, whether band or, or football, um, I'm all about it. But so, it was a tight game. It was a 14-7 win, um, but a win's a win. And I think the entire community shared in that, and I think the uh, the morale is high. And um, I guess the goal is is to kind of turn that turn that over, turn it over again, and, and, and repeat this week. And and as we can get two in a row, three in a row, who, how, you know, who knows how far this thing can go. Well, I just enjoyed that game a lot. It was very old-fashioned two-way football. You're playing on a dirt field, you know. No one looks great offensively, but but y'all looked awesome defensively. Y'all forced turnovers, and uh, you know y'all were able to scrap out a win and and make some things happen on offense. And, and I think one thing we can definitely highlight that we didn't talk about a lot in the article that ran, to, yeah, I guess it was yesterday. Um, we didn't talk. I didn't talk a whole lot about it. We mentioned it, but Jack Helfrich came in at running back and carried the ball a ton. I know. I, I noticed you said something to Braden, your quarterback on the sidelines. Hey, carry the ball. Because yeah. uh, obviously I'll run a lot of RPOs, but uh, Jack ended up getting a bunch of carries, and he had a good night. And, and for a young running back, I'm what, only a sophomore, that has yep. to be encouraging. Yeah, he had a – he was 100, 102 yards. He broke the 100-yard barrier in his 
his first ever varsity game. So we were um, we were very pleased to see that out of him. Um, before the game, he had kind of big, big eyes, and I could see the nerves and, and things settling in. But um, you know, a big part of that too is is I told our team, I said, guys, we need to do enough to win, or we need to do what it takes to win. So um, whether you throw it for 350 or rush it for 350, whichever way gets it done, gets it done. And there's also a part of me that through that game was was forcing our offensive line a little bit to kind of push through that barrier of being uncomfortable and tired and, um, and kind of watching it play out. Um, there was some sloppy, tired kids on that football field, and and that's just being factual on both ends. But I think our kids were a little bit less uh, sloppy and tired, and and therefore we won the game. So I got we have to give those offensive linemen confidence. We got to let them know that maybe they achieved or earned that win. And then also, um, you know, they need the trust, or excuse me, Jack needs to get the linemen's trust, and that needs to all work together. And that's not to say that that Zane Schubert, the other running back, won't play a large role. Um, he starts on defense. He plays some in the slot as our F, and, and we have a bunch of kids that you know rotate multiple positions. It just happened in that game that Jack was doing well, and I kind of feel like I had to force him into it and yeah, give him yeah. a heavy dose of carries and go, hey man, this is varsity football. You're gonna get kind of kind of hit and banged around, and this is the new norm. So yeah. it was a good um, a good first game learning curve for for Jack Helfrich. Well, I, you know, my dad he does broadcast for Hondawal football, <clears throat> and he would always give out his game balls at the end of the broadcast. Right, right. Uh, if I was to be my father and give out a game ball, Jack would definitely get one. And yeah, uh, you, you know, know, you could give one to Vickers, <laughs> you could give one to Ricky Harper on the D line. But you uh, got you guys are smart. <laughs> we we passed out our awards this week, and um, uh, offense was offense was Jack Helfrich. He got the offensive player of the game award, um, and defensively was our Mike linebacker Fred Earhart. We, we had some other ones that were close, and we voted on it as a coaching staff. But but at the end of the day, maybe some of those other ones that got it or whatever or did not get it, we want to keep them hungry. So um, in by default, you give it to Fred. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the kids kind of know that. But, yeah, you're right. You saw it. Uh, if it would have been a game ball, it would have went to Jack. But uh, he did. He was offensive player of the, of the game. And nothing really wow about it. Just, you know, took care of the football, and, and I did what he needed to do. So you got a big one coming up this week. Uh, you get to come home. Let's start there. How excited are you all to get back home? We talked about the fans earlier, but how excited are you to see those fans yeah, at Longhorn Field? I'm, uh, I'm excited just because, like I said, all these things that I felt like I promised to the to the team that, um, you know, coming coming here and, and, and getting the job and, and promising these things I'm going to do, well, on top of that was COVID. And um, we had restrictions, and we had to follow UIL guidelines on how many – how many could be in attendance. So even myself, I spent a large part of last year saying cheerleaders get this many, band gets this many, football gets this many. Um, and then all of our essential workers had to wear lanyards, and it, it was a big mess. So um, coming out 1-0 after a road game, we have actually two in a row, two home games in a row. I, I am curious to see what the fan support is going to be with, with no restrictions, just old school ticket booth, pay at the booth, and here we go. Before we start breaking down 7 I meant to ask you this, and I almost jumped right over it, but talked about it a little bit after the game, and you've, 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 you've told me several times since I got here that you're working on changing kind of, not maybe not necessarily a culture change, but you want to make some winning spirit and make some winning ways here. Uh, that DeHennis game sure felt like it could be a start to it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I think I've joked about this with you before and 
and other media outlets before about it. When, when you look at your preseason schedule and, you know, you and your coaching staff speak and go, you know what, if, if things go our right way, we could win, we could win all five. And uh, I joked about that with my, with my dad, and my dad says, "Well, well, yeah, Chad, but you could lose all five. Yeah. And um, and, and that's the reality. You can't, um, you know, I'm I'm a Mary Harden Baylor grad, and I was looking at something the other day. You you can't win them all unless you win the first one. Um, and no, the 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 main focus is not to win them all. It's to get on a run, and and all those things go into play. If you start winning. I mean, let's face it, your cheerleaders are happy, your band's happy, your admin's happy, your, those little junior high kids that look up to the big one, they're happy, and, and maybe you get more junior high numbers, participation in it. You know, I, I joked with a, a, a former coach in Fredericksburg about, you know, how do you get this thing rolling? Well, winning fixes everything. Yeah. Well, well, how do you win and get that in front of a horse and carriage or ha however you want to look at that? Um you, you got to win. Winning brings people. Winning brings pride. Winning, winning cures all. And so, all these things we have in place that we are proud of, the whether good part, unfortunate part, hard part, whatever, is the win. Yeah. And so, whatever happened in the heinous happened. I know that we're one to know. I know that the kids believe. I know that there's some excitement. And 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 again, no disrespect to Sabinal, I, I think it could be two and zero. And then you keep looking down the road and you get ahead of yourself and. You got to remind yourself: slow down. It's Friday night. It's everything you got. Put it all out there. Put it together, and get another one, and and keep it one day at a time. So, anyone who knows anything about two A football knows that Sabinal de Hennis is one of the bigger rivalries in two A football. And yes, yes. You guys were able to beat one half of that, and, yep. and if you win two, you could say, "Well, we win that rivalry <laughs> in a yeah, way." But yeah, no doubt. Um, I know that there's a. And I don't know if you want me to bring this up or not, but I think it's a good talking point. Uh, you guys have a little bit of history with the Savannah Yellow Jackets in recent memory. Uh, last year, they got you 21 to nothing uh, on the football field, and I'm sure that as a football coach, that left a bitter yep. taste in your mouth. No and then, doubt. and then it, they went and put an end to a historic baseball season in Harper Longhorn baseball uh, history. Uh, I'm sure that didn't feel great. No, there has to be a little bit of a uh, got to get them this time going into this one. I'd assume. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, starting with football. Um, coach Kowalski, he, he used to coach Ingram when I was here back in 2015 as an assistant. He was he was the head coach at, at Ingram one of his last years. So we had a real good game with them here. There, there's some history between him and I where we know each other. Um, and so when he got the Sabinal job, he he um, had a senior son, uh, Grayson Kowalski. He, he just recently graduated, but he played quarterback for Sabinal and was, actually played defensive end. And uh, was a heck a of a player. Combo. It is. <laughs> he play, came from a bigger school, and I think he primarily played defensive end. And then coming down to 2A Sabinow, he was athletic enough, big enough, threw just well enough to uh, to run the quarterback duties. But um, great, great player. They built around him. I think there was some excitement there. And um, they they started off, off hot. I think last year Sabinow started off 4-0, uh, maybe went through some injuries, some things happened. Um, and I think finished six and four, five and five. I'm not real sure, but ended up missing the playoffs. Mm -hmm. um, Sounds like another Gillespie County team I can name. Yeah, but <laughs> you know that that um, th that ball game there. Um, I mean, I was young. I was. I'm still young and learning. My entire my defensive coordinator is brand new. I had new coaches and new positions, new offense, new defense, uh, and we went over there and kind of played a nightmare game. 
Um, I think we had more 30, 30 yards of more total yards, which isn't a, a ton more. But just the fact to say you had more offensive yards from scrimmage and you lost 21 nothing, got shut out. Um, I think twice we were going to punch went in and fumbled. And I think twice fumbled coming out inside the 20. And so those were four short fields that we gave up probably 80 to 100 yards and they get three scores out of it. Um, so th that one burns. I, you know, can't go back and change things. I still think we were a better team than they were then. But I, but I tell our kids all the time, you you have to execute. You can't turn the ball over. You can't yeah. you can't have false starts and penalties. And football's a weird game. It can it can make a, a an athletic bunch of kids look look really dumb and really undisciplined, and it, it can do weird things to you. Um, so yeah, the, the football part that, that's obviously we have a target on them. And and then yeah, we get into to baseball, and there was kind of some. Um, stuff that went on between the two thing, two teams, and um, it was pretty heated at times. Uh, we won game one. It's classic baseball, right there. We won game one. Game two went down to the wire. Um, you know, our fans are mad at their their umpires, vice versa. I was there. Uh, you know, I'm no different than anybody else. When I'm not in the fire, I'm a fan. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sitting down the the third base line and as a fan and coach coach lake and i coached baseball together here for five years I, I was actually coach lake's assistant before being the ad head football so i love baseball i know baseball and i was as nervous as anyone was and and yeah as a fan i'm thinking man some of these calls are getting out of hand i think we ended the game with coach lake could correct me but it was something crazy like out of 35 pitches 28 were balls and they were very questionable and it got heated Anyways, we were up in that game, ended up losing that game, and then the third game came down to the wire. So we were we were almost in the regional quarterfinals. We were down to an out or two away from sweeping them, and we lost the series. And um, our kids were heartbroken. Coach Lake was upset. That was his uh, first year with, with his son as a freshman on the team. Had a great group of seniors, and it all came to a halt. And, and that's, that's honestly how we ended our athletic – Season, season yeah. in Harper, Texas, uh, was a baseball, you know, knocked out of the playoffs by Sabinow. So, um, yeah, you, you put all that together. We're, we're a better football team in a brand new year with them at home. Um, we're we're going to come out on fire for sure. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I wish I could be there. I've, I've got to be at Fred Tyvee, which is another right, huge right. game. And, no doubt. Uh, but we'll have we'll have Samuel Sutton here, and he'll do a great job. He, he's a great reporter. and he, i got to tell you, he's fired up to cover some football. Good. So uh, we'll get him out here, and he'll have a good time. But – uh, let's break down the game a little bit, and, and, and you really look at what the Yellow Jackets are going to come at you. Uh, from what I can see, they've got one real good athlete, a big tall kid, and Johnny Rodriguez, who plays in the secondary in a wideout. They've got some experienced experienced guys at linebacker, and Eddie Beza, and I'm drawing a blank on Jacob Hill, I think, might be the other yep, kid's yep, name. Yep. And then they've got some talented guys coming out of the backfield in Borrego, and I'm forgetting the other kid's name, but I mean – They've got some. They've got some talent. Uh, they're coming at you. They they came up short last week against Dilly, twenty-one nothing. Um, so they had very little offense going for them in that game, and or at least maybe just weren't able to get in the end zone. But uh, when you look at the Yellow Jackets, who are some of the players that stick out to you, and uh, what are they going to try and do to y'all? Uh, let's start offensively. Um, offensively, they um, they're, they're a heavy tight end set team. They I, you could call them a spread. They're they're in the shotgun. Um, they'll have a sniffer back and a tight end a lot like we do. And then um, their primary receiver is number four, yeah. uh, Johnny Rodriguez, real big, tall kid. And uh, 
Coach Lake and myself actually went and watched the Sabinal Dilly game because we played Dehanis on on Saturday. So we went down to Sabinal and and watched them play Dilly, and it was it was zero zero till till late third quarter. Um, and I think maybe a minute or two left, Dilly punched one in and ended up winning twenty one nothing. And that was, I mean, you talk about some fans go crazy when Dilly first scored, and then you saw the momentum change. You saw Sabinal kind of get down. Um, I think according to Texas football, I think I think Dilly's coming off of 0-10 and, and then the COVID year 0-8. So that was their first win. So they were in, really in, dying for yes. a win. That was a big, big game for, the, for that Dilly. That was their, their first win in 19 tries. And um, so, yeah, they, they were extremely, extremely fired up. But, um, you know, I would say Sabinow's big up front. Um, I don't know how well they move, but they're big. And I think according to Coach Kowalski, they're, they're all returning. Um, they they want to run the ball, obviously, more than they want to throw it. And, and then when they throw it, uh, number four is their, their primary. And so um, all week we have uh, we put a, a, a JV kid or a scout team kid in a number four jersey and, and a red a red uh, scrimmage vest. And so we've ide- we identify him in every set, uh, whether he's a tight end with his hand in the dirt, whether he's flexed out, or whether he's really, really wide. Um, we always know where four is, four, 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 four. We've, we've done it all week. Um, and I don't know, maybe that makes that kid a little uncomfortable that we're always going to identify where he is, whether they're going to him or not. We're going to know where four is. And, and at times we, we may bracket him. We might play a press man under with a safety over the top and just, hey, you can beat us with the other guys, but you're not, you're not going to throw it up to him. And then rely on, on the, the six in our box, our D-line and three, three linebackers to stop the run. Um, and, again, I, you know, people that are listening, I don't want this to come off as arrogant, but I, I think DeHaynes is – is a better football team than Sabinal. Um, and and we, I thought, played great defense against them. Yellow Jacket fans aren't going to like that. <laughs> I, I thought um, – Not even so much that you're saying that. It's the fact that it's DeHennis the one to get put you, over you, them. You're right, no <laughs> doubt. And um, it's it's funny, little side, and I'll go back to that. When we went – when Coach Lake and myself went to scout Dilly and Sabinal, and we were walking through the gate, and um, we were showing them our coaches' pass to get in for free, our THSEA uh, coach, coaches' membership, and they said – Oh, are you coaches? We say, yeah, yeah, yeah yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. We're, we're coaches. What are y'all doing here? Well, we're, we're scouting. Oh, who are you watching? We'll say, I don't know. So, well, um, who are y'all? Who are y'all um, playing this week? Whatever, Dehanis. Oh boy, then we started getting the comments about <laughs> beat them for us. You bet, come in, welcome. And it was yeah. So you can you can feel that, that they have a heated rivalry there. But but back to them. And again, just it, it is what it is. I think. I think DeHanis is a better ball club, and not making this about them. I've just told our kids this week, and and it's it's not being arrogant to any opponent. It's just I think they need to go out there and achieve something, and so the goal is a shutout. Mm-hmm. Um, and and our offenses our offense has not been clicking uh, the way I would like to see it yet. Um, we're still figuring out who we are and what we can do. Um, and I always tell the kids, how many do you have to score if you pitch a shutout? Well, one coach. Well, that's right. So um, we're going to hang our hat on defense. Um, we all coach both sides of the ball, and I think we have a great, great defensive game plan going in. in and um, I think I don't care what level of football you look at, good defense lo- looks, you know, it goes hand in hand with good offense. You make them punt, field position, turnovers. It can really get your offense on track by playing great, great D. So um, they're, they're running back, number 22, Hill. Um, he, can, he can get going. I think he – I think he feeds off of off of uh, positive energy. I think if they have success early, 
I think he's going to kind of hit it and, and be excited to keep pounding the rock. And then, I don't know, I, th I think if we pound on him and we play pretty good defense, I could see, I could see him getting kind of disappointed and frustrated. And those are high school kids, and we scouted them and we watched them. So um, for us, it's going to be jump on them early. Um, I know you're great ball clubs from 2A to 6A. Your great, great football teams can push through adversity and, and find a way. Um, but the majority of us, they're kids. And if they get down early and they get disappointed and start hanging their heads, it, it can get out of control. So that's going to be kind of our mindset is we're going to come out. If we are on defense first, three and out, go punch one in and, and get this thing rocking and rolling in the right direction. Because, um, you know, I told our team we're a better team. And that's that's not to be arrogant. And, and obviously this is coming from a coach that went two and nine last year. And, and so for me, some might think of it as arrogance. I want my kids to be confident. And there's a – there's a fine line in between there, but guys, we won't be good until you think you are good or you're going to be good. Mm -hmm. And so many coaches could argue with me on that topic of, of the mental mentality and, and the philosophy of an, of an athlete or excuse me, the psychology of an athlete. But um, we do. We, we need to be excited and, and confident in what we do. And um, I tell them we we should win every game on paper that the reporters or the, the football gods say we should win. Um, we should um, not lose the games that we should win. And those games that no one in the world is going to pick us, we need to be competitive and get turnovers and find a way to be close at the end. And, and so with saying that, I think Sabnow's a game we should win. And does it mean we will? Not at all. You turn it over four or five times in a game and you have penalties and a kid or two gets hurt. And next thing you know, you're in a dogfight in Harper, Texas and trying to figure out a way to win. So nothing's guaranteed. But if we do what we're coached to do and we, we lean on our week of prep, um, we, we, should be, we should be okay. And you mentioned the offensive struggles. And I don't even want to call it a whole lot of struggles because y'all did move the ball over, I think it was close mm -hmm. to 300 yards of offense and you got in the end zone twice, had opportunities to get in more than that. Um, I thought y'all lacked a little bit in the passing game last week, which I'm sure Braden is, yep. is working hard to fix. No doubt, and no he doubt. told me something post-game that he, he wanted to fix it and he seems like the kind of kid that's going to be motivated to do that. But – as a coach and as a guy calling the plays, what do y'all think y'all are going to have to do to manufacture a little more balanced offense anyway? Because y'all ran the ball well. And I know it might not have had a huge yards per game, but you still had pretty good rushing yards and you got in the end zone and got the win. But what adjustments can y'all make and what are y'all going to be looking on working on against Sabinal? Because it's still a pre-district game. What what improvements do you are you hoping to see offensively? Yeah, um, you know, getting get to get to the improvements um we're still going to run the football I, I, I was excited with what we saw there and quite opposite of last year um Braden broke the school record for passing yards and we struggled mightily running the ball um uh, we had two seniors that graduated in the running back department and we had some linemen so we're kind of a new unit in a way an offensive line a new backfield and um we we ran the ball well so we're going to continue to do that that's been a surprise of mine and yeah I was a little bit um a shock at our passing game. I think I'm not saying you're due for one of those games here and there. I don't know if it was first game jitters. I, I don't know what it was, but um, I, I would argue that we played as much seven on seven this summer as anyone did. Um, I know I have great close uh, friendships and relationships with the Fredericksburg staff, uh, Coach Moffitt, Coach Gibbs, Coach Huff, and and for um, what it's worth, they struggled throwing early as well. They yeah, they they're yeah. they're a pretty. Uh, Moffitt likes to call them a balanced team, but, I mean, yeah. they've got a senior quarterback who can throw it around, and they were a run-heavy team against Sam Houston. So yep. uh, maybe it's just a week one thing. It is. It, it's a timing thing that, you know, we'll, we got to get on the same page, and it's going to take time to grow. But uh, back to the summer, I think I think the Billies hosted a, 
a state qualifier and went to one or had a little league. Um, and uh, we only went to one state qualifier, but I kind of got us in a pickle, if you will. I guess it's a good pickle, it was reps, but um, I always wanted to play seven on seven with Ingram and Centerpoint mm-hmm. just because they're so close to us and we've done it in the past. Well, this summer, they got they both got a new head coach. Um, um, Tate Damasco is at Ingram, is brand new. And um, Damian Van Winkle's a new head coach at Center Point, and those are solid names. They, they, yeah, they are, and they're good. They're good guys. But you're I had right. to throw that out. Those are solid. Uh, names. Yes. Anyways, they, um, they were new at their program with what they're going to do offensively. Their kids, and they're like, Coach, I don't know if we'll be able to do seven on seven this summer. We're new. Okay. Well, so I'm kind of hunting who we're going to play, and I got us in with Menard, who is a division smaller than us, or they're two A Division two, mm-hmm. and then I got, and same with Brady. And Brady's a, a division above, but um, we met in Menard, and Brady came, and, and Menard was there, and us, and I think twice we did a strongman with our linemen, a strongman competition. But anyway, I got in with them and said, "Yeah, we'll we'll come to you on Mondays. We'll come every Monday in June. We'll each get a couple of games, and, and we'll be good to go." And then once I got us signed up for that, about a week later, um, Ingram and Centerpoint said, "Hey, we want to get a league together." So the month of June, we were Mondays in Menard. And we were Tuesdays. We split between Centerpoint and Ingram, but we were playing seven on seven two nights a week um, this summer in in June, and um, it was good. We looked great. We looked crisp. Um, and I, I'm I'm not a hater of seven on seven, but as a former lineman and just the game of football, what all entails it it doesn't you know defensively you know it's passed every time. Yeah. There's no run read. Um, offensively. There's no rush on the quarterback. You can sit back there in time. So we looked extremely good. We looked sharp. Those other coaches would compliment, man, y'all got a quarterback. Y'all got receivers. And so those are the same kids, but now we're in full pads. Now we're in helmets. Now there's a rush. Now we've got to step up in the pocket, and and, and things have changed. So I guess through saying all that, um, I know we can do it. I know the timing's there. I know we can run crisp, clean routes. Um, But but back to the game against DeHainis, I thought we ran the ball well, and I thought those third and six, third and sevens, um, which some some coaches you know will run the ball, and they they can they can rely on a six seven yard gain to get to first. And I think we can, but going off of our passing game from what I saw last year in the summer, you know we had wide open receivers that Braden just missed at times, uh, and and then things that weren't his fault. We had wide open receivers, and they were just drops. Yeah. And um, you know I never look at it catching a football as a bonus. I always tell people, if that offensive lineman is expected to block that guy at, in this way, well, when you're open, wide open, you're expected to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. There's no, hey, I'm sorry, but it's okay, get the next one. No, let's catch the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what it's designed to do. Coaches don't design plays that don't <laughs> score. Coaches don't design plays that we, we rely on a drop. So those were, um, those were some drive killers. I felt like we were in a part of the field where we needed to punt the ball, knowing how well our defense was playing. But early, if you remember, I looked at Coach Slake and his eyes kind of got big. It was fourth and one or fourth and two. We were like on the 30, 35. And I said, what do y'all think? I think I'm going to go for it. Mm-hmm. And everybody on the headset, go for it, Coach. Well, typical D.C. fashion, you're thinking, no, 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 punt the ball. Let me play defense down there. But anyway, we, we went for it. We were we were one for one on fourth down conversions. But, um, yeah, running game good. Passing game is going to take time to get there. But next thing you know, you start getting reps, throwing good balls, making good catches, converting. That stuff just snowballs, and that's what we're looking for against Sabinow's. Let's go put an aggressive drive together where Sabinow's like, oh, my gosh, I can't. 
you know, this is like this tidal wave of offense and I can't stop it. And then you punch it in, punch it in, punch it in. And um, good God, we need to we need to have more points on the board than 14 for sure. Yeah, but I mean, like you mentioned, once you get that passing game going, because you know it's going to be there. You've got the quarterback, right. you've got the athletes. So I was just curious and what you thought of the offense, but I am really curious to see how uh, Friday night, and you get to play on a Friday night this week, so I'm sure that's relieving. But uh, yes. make sure you all come out uh, here at Longhorn Field Friday night, Savannah, Yellow Jackets at Harper Longhorns. It'll be a lot of fun. Coach, thanks for joining me. Yes, sir. Thank you. Probably have you back next week. Thank you all for tuning in, and stay tuned sometime next week for another episode of your Center. Thank you.